Hey girl, and welcome to the Love Unleashed podcast with your host, me, Nikki Syme. I am a love and relationship coach, and I am on a mission to empower women just like you in love, to ensure that you get to experience the most incredible loving relationship that you desire and deserve with week I am going to be opening up conversations around topics such as love, men, sex, relationships and dating and I will be going all in for you. There will be no stone left unturned girl so if you are ready to dive in let's get started. Hey gorgeous beings and welcome back to Love Chat on the Love Unleashed podcast and YouTube show. Oh, today I am joined by this divine woman, Suniva. So Suniva and I met through a business course, wasn't it? With the gorgeous Emily Gallagher. And as soon as I met her, I was just like, oh, there's something about her. And I remember we went on retreat together and we were sitting in circle and we had to say something that we really adored, liked about um, the other person. And for me, it was this real sense of Suniva just owns herself. Just this whole, I'm showing up as me 100% and I don't give a fuck about what you think about me and I just find that so inspiring so I really wanted to get her on the show today to have a chat to you all about how you can step more into self-ownership especially if you're in a little bit of a place now where you're kind of lacking a little bit of self-acceptance or you know where you want to get to but you're not quite sure how to get there and just for her to share a little bit about her journey and how she got to be where she is today and literally just queen fire she owns herself she shows up exactly as she wants to she does it her own way and she fucking wins she's a queen so it's really beautiful to have you on the show Suniva thank you for joining me for having me you're welcome so I would love for you to just begin by telling our viewers and listeners a little bit about you know where you were before have you always been that that person that's always been really confident within herself and and really like comfortable and just kind of owned all of you? Hmm. Uh, it's an interesting question, I guess, because no and yes. <laughs> because I grew up in a very challenging environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's nature and nature. Um, and I was absolutely born this way in some aspects. And then a lot of it has been uh, the shaping by going through the fire literally, you know, through, through growing up in a very religious environment, um, being part of, you know, our family was involved in a cult for a while. There was a lot of hardship in my earlier years. And I'm also really grateful for that because it's given me a lot of strength and a lot of courage and showed me what's possible in my life because I've had to prove to myself over and over again, what I'm able to achieve and, um, that I can do this, regardless of what's going on around me. Mm, Beautiful. So you grew up in a cult. So was that a religious cult? Yeah. So for a a period of time, my family was involved in a cult. So uh, they they, uh, became very heavily involved in religion when I was about, I think I was about seven years old. Because I'm just thinking like Scientology and what you kind of see with that kind of thing. Yeah, different, different type, but it was a fundamentalist Christian group. Okay, so that would have felt really constricting too, I would imagine, like 
because from, from what I understand, I'm not religious myself, but from what I understand, there's some pretty um, strict ideas of how women should be as well. Or So was that quite, like, did you feel like, because you said you're, you're, there was a part of you that was born with it, so did it feel like you were kind of being forced to really express yourself in ways that you wanted to? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, never, it never felt right for me growing up and I knew I was very, very clear that uh, I just wanted to be out of that as soon as I was able to. So it was, um, you know, at the age of 15, I was, uh, we were homeschooled. My parents didn't believe in the public school system, the government, medical system, any of the systems, everything was, uh, you know, the devil. Yeah. <laughs> And so we were homeschooled in a very religious um, curriculum and I saw us going to school as a form of freedom, as a way to get out of there. So I nagged my parents for a long time to let me go to school and it took a, it took a while to convince them, but when they did, they said, okay, but you're going to have to pay for it. And that was a big deal at the time because we lived remotely. We lived uh, three hours from the nearest town. And uh, I would have to board, and so I'd have to come up with about $3,000. And that was at the age of 15 to 16. It was a lot of money. I mean, wow. you know, we're, talking, we're also talking quite a few years ago because I'm 38. Um, yeah, so that's a lot of money back then, three grand. It was. Mm. Um, and uh, it was a wonderful experience for me to be able to go, fuck yes, I can do this. I can make this happen. And so I did every menial job in the sun, under the sun. I babysat, I cleaned lodges. I literally sorted sheep shit from wool in the shearing shed. Um, and I did whatever I could to come up with that money. And I went to school when I was 16. Kind of the start of it for me. Amazing. Oh my God, I love that. And I love that that, even that, that what could of others could perceive as, oh, fuck, that's shit, like what a rough go. It's actually a massive gift for you, right? Because from there that's taught you mm. the value of money, I would imagine, but also you've created an incredible business, like a multi-seven-figure multi business, right? And I, I wonder how much of that actually like nurtured you to be able to do that. Absolutely, which mm. is change. And boost your, boost your confidence too, right? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, damn, I can do that. So how was it through, like, because you said that obviously you were born with some of it. So what parts of you do you feel like weren't, weren't the nature parts? Hmm. Uh, the confidence and I had confidence in myself that I could do these things, but also I lacked a huge amount of confidence in that, um, I didn't, because we grew up in a very repressed environment, mm. uh, confidence was something that I had to work on to really fully back myself and loving myself was a, was a foreign, a foreign thought until more recently. So it wasn't until a few years ago that I was like, wow, I don't love myself. And I'd always seen that as a negative thing as well, because in a religious environment, loving yourself was like an egotistical thing, right? It's like if you back yourself, you're up yourself. And you're women, are, exactly. And women are um, wives that bear children, and uh, there is no sexuality around that. Like as a female, um, sexuality was extremely repressed, 
and showing any kind of skin or anything like that was seen as a um, as a form of rebellion or devil worship, essentially. Mm. Mm. Yeah, massive. And if they could see you now, imagine. <laughs> that would be like rolling in their grave, especially those Burning Man outfits. They were amazing. <laughs> so what did the journey look like to actually, because you said it's only a few years ago that you really kind of stepped into that self-love. Mm. Um, and I guess, you know, that makes sense. Like I've only known you really for about a year, I think it is, coming up a year. So I've only known you as this really beautiful, confident, like just courageous, brave, strong woman. Um, so what was that kind of journey like to get to that point? Like what, what kind of came up for you? What were the hurdles and the struggles and the challenges that really came up for you to overcome and step more into self-love, especially with dropping that belief? Like that was a big thing for me. It was dropping the belief that loving myself meant I was vain and up myself, mm. you know? Yeah, I mean, it was a real process. So, I mean, I've been into personal de development for a long time. I started, uh, I got really heavily involved in property at a young age. So that was when I was 19. Um, and at that time, I started uh, getting into Tony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and all the greats of that era mm -hmm. uh, and was really into it. But that was all around mindset, success, you know, building and creating and that kind of thing, which is quite separate from um, that inner work around uh, loving yourself and, you know, that kind of thing. And and in saying that, I've always had a very strong um, guidance with intuition. So that's never been, I've felt always connected to that. Mm -hmm. um, what does that feel like for you? absolute trust that I have all the answers and that's the work that I do with others as well as like really getting them tapped in to their own intuition because that then you don't need anybody else right yeah. you don't need to be you know you don't really need all the workshops and the coaching and those can be a nice um thing on the side and the cherry on the top but when you're so deeply connected and tapped into source into yourself then you know that you've got the answers and if you follow the intuition then everything is always going to work out yeah so for me intuition is very much i ask a question and the first thing that drops in that's what i trust is it the same for you like how do you know when it's intuition or when like it's your mind how do you differentiate between the two they feel very different so uh intuition always comes from a place of here from soul from heart mm -hmm. mind Mind is really there, uh, always trying to keep us safe and to trip us up and to second guess us and to tell us, like, to not do that thing because it's scary and it's, you know. And I don't know how to keep you safe in space. <laughs> so once we look at that a little bit deeper, it becomes quite clear. But for a lot of people, it takes work to get to that point and to be able to differentiate between the two. Right? Yeah. A lot of people are not um, in the work of trusting themselves and being able to tap into that mm. yeah definitely and that was me for a really long time I'd get the intuition and then I'd do the opposite because I'd be like no no I can't do that and then I'd do the opposite and obviously that would send me down a spiral of not ideal <laughs> you know but now as you learn to really drop into that and you start to trust that and it takes a few times right where you just go okay I'm just going to trust this and try it and see what happens and the more you do that the more you realize that that never leads you astray Absolutely. And what I've also realized is that, you know, when we're not in that, um, not in that trust, we will 
seek outside answers all the time because we don't trust ourselves. We're like, we'll ask for approval and permission from other people. Mm-hmm. And so much further away from our own knowing. Yes. I used to do that with all the time with boyfriends. It would always be, I'd meet a guy and I'd be like, I, th- I like him. I think I like him, but I'm not quite sure, but I don't think he's one for me, but I'll ask everyone else first. He's nice, right? He's amazing, right? He's a good guy, right? Because I didn't trust myself to choose a quality guy. So it was, <laughs> and then when I met Gary, it was completely opposite because I'd done that work on myself to get to know myself and my soul when I saw him was like, yes, that was a full body. Fuck. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there was none of this. And I didn't ask anyone about him. I was just like, he's it. I just knew. Just knew. So back to where what the question was. <laughs> we just like rampage a little bit. Um, so what, what did it look like for you? Obviously, you said about the intuition and, and trusting yourself more. Was it like body image? Was it self-confidence? Obviously, self-love. Like what was really going on for you that you kind of struggled up against or that you had a lot of resistance to like against? All of those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every single thing on the list. I, I had a lot of issues around um, body image from a very young age. So uh, I, my eating disorder started when I was seven. I was wow. anorexically like for years. And That's so young. Very young. <laughs> yeah. It's mm. scary, isn't it? I think my child is actually, she's almost six and I was only year older than that when that started it's just it's scary um yeah so that was something that physically got better over the years uh but mentally i was still fucked up about because you can fix the physical symptoms but if you don't deal with the mindset and the mentality around that then that just carries through into different forms of um eating disorder mentality right because you can just become vegan or paleo or keto or any of these things and it is just an extension of that eating disorder so that's what happened for me and I would just go into like you know um, a lot of exercise or these different eating things and it looked great on the outside because you know everybody's part of those clubs I'm so healthy I'm so good look at me I'm doing so much good for my body (laughs) it just turns into the orthorexia type Mm. um, symptoms instead and so um, yeah, it really carried on in those different forms. And it wasn't until a few years ago that I started looking that, at that and realizing what it was and realizing mm-hmm. how much I didn't love myself truly. And So what triggered that for you to look at that? Hmm, again, I was in a lot of personal development work. I'd gone really deep into that work several years ago. Uh, and it was just, you know how in, when you're in this work, there's always a frontier. There's always something that you're, you're like your next thing that you're working on. And um, I couldn't tell you which particular course or anything that I was in at the time, but because I'd done so many, but there was just something that had triggered for me around that and going, wow, this is um, like saying I love myself felt um, like I just wanted to break down and cry, you know? Okay. Curl up on a curl up in a fetal position on the floor, and that's fucked up, isn't it? To that <laughs> difficult to just say, "Hey, I love myself," and be okay with it, right? Um, so those little indicators of showing, wow, that's where I get to lean into right now. And if I don't truly love myself, how can I? Um, what is that teaching my 
five-year-old child because my daughter has always been a huge um, thing for me because I know that I need to do this work on myself to be the best example or the best parent that I can be. And I knew that also, if I don't love myself, how can I expect my husband to truly love me? Mm. Oh, how can you even receive that love? Like he may be trying to love you and you're unable to receive it, right? Because you don't believe that you are worthy. Well, that was my journey. Mm -hmm. Like I had these amazing men who loved me. Yes. Couldn't receive it because I didn't know how, because I didn't love myself. A hundred percent. And I think it's, really important like I know I've got two boys obviously but especially for little girls to have that really strong role model in their mother to be confident because there's so much thrown at us in society of you need this to be okay you need this to be okay you've got to dress like this you've got to have this kind of makeup you got to do your hair like this like it's got to be straight hair like I grew up with curly hair and I'm like I'm not good enough because I got curls you know um so I think it's really important for women with daughters to really be that role model for their daughters of you know what you get to just do you you get to be yourself equally important for women with boys like I believe that I get to raise really conscious and loving men who appreciate and love women but I think yeah that 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 job of of raising a really whole rounded grounded little girl is such a massive task yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Responsibility. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fucking, we're all fucking it up. <laughs> it's such a beautiful privilege because we're in a generation where we have the tools and the ability to do that. Whereas I feel like, yes, um, I wasn't raised that way, but my parents did not have those tools. My grandparents right. didn't have those tools. And so we're in this time where we're really blessed to be able to raise our children in a completely different way. And I'm so I'm really grateful for that. Definitely, like going to change everything. I believe. Yes, yes. it's like personal development. Mum's just like, "What's personal development?" I'm like, "We need to talk." Now she watches all my videos and she's all over it. I'm like, "This is the best. (laughs) It's amazing." Um, so in regards to your relationship and stuff, so how long have you been with your hubby? Ten years. Ten years. Beautiful. So he would have seen you transition through all of this. Um. So in the beginning, when you first met him, was it hard for you to receive his love? Like, did you feel like there was always kind of a part of you that was resisting and blocking that? I wasn't, I wasn't um, paying attention to it. Okay. Because I was just quite closed off. I was quite numb to it all. Mm-hmm. And the way it operated most of my life was very in the masculine and very like getting shit done and making stuff happen. And so we had a good relationship, but it was... Um, it was never as open and as receiving as it uh, absolutely could have been. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, not really, um, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't know there's another way or a better way, then, you know, the way you are is just how it is and that's it. Yeah. And then it's the hindsight where you go, oh, oh, fuck, <laughs> actually, what was going on there? So it never felt like... Have you noticed a shift in your relationship since you've done the work? Like, was it kind of a bit more kind of unhealthy or not necessarily toxic, but was there more fights and stuff prior or is it still kind of the same? There's just different ways of dealing with stuff. Yeah, different ways of dealing with stuff. We've, like I said, we've actually always had a really good relationship. My man is amazing. We, we're, we're very blessed uh, to have what we have and I specifically called that in at the time. So there was that conscious awareness around, you know, what I wanted in a 
men and uh, what we would have together mm -hmm. is just to much deeper levels than it ever was before. Yeah, beautiful. And that's the whole, like, you're the manifestation queen, right? <laughs> like, you know what you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you get it. And I love that. Um, beautiful. So in the last three years, how has that taking full ownership of yourself and that self-acceptance kind of shifted your life? What kind of things have you really noticed have kind of changed? Mm. The majority of the shifts have really been within because, uh, like, you know, I have always been really good at manifesting and um, I've always been able to create great levels of success in my life externally. Uh, so it's just been within and how how I feel about myself and also what I'm able to trans how I'm able to translate that in the work that I do and because obviously I work in personal development, the more that I step into my own truth, uh, the more I'm able to help the woman that I work with do the same because everything I do is permission slip. So whatever level that I'm at, I'm calling in clients that are kind of uh, going through the things that I was going through as well. Yeah. And then how has that actually like tangibly impacted your business? Hmm. Um, I don't know that it's impacted it like as far as how much money I make or anything like that because um, you know I was already doing very well before. That's what I'm trying. Sorry, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like tangibly. Um, I just continue to call in a higher level of clients, and uh, outside of that, it just, has it changed the way you show up? Absolutely. Yeah. So online, especially because, or when you started your businesses, there wouldn't have been the online world at all. Was that ten years ago? How old was I ten years ago? How old am I now? Thirty-five. So twenty-five. Oh yeah, no, it would have been <laughs> not that long ago. <laughs> uh, the coaching business. I've only uh, I've been in this specific work for five years. The property business, when I first started getting into personal development, was nineteen years ago. Okay. Mm. Wow, 19 years ago. Into, yeah, amazing. But what's shifted as well, I guess, in, you know, when I was in property and when I was in, I did food blogging as well for quite a few years. And that was, I had a very successful um, vegan food blogging company. Um, and both of those companies, I was able to hide behind because I didn't have to show up. So I guess one of the biggest things for me is like by doing this work, is forcing myself to get in front of the camera, speak on stages, run the workshops and things where I didn't feel good enough to do those things before. I felt good enough to negotiate, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of property uh, and, you know, start businesses and all that kind of thing. But for me to show up in front of people, that's where, that's where I'd fall down. That's where I couldn't, uh, did not have the confidence to show up in that way. Okay, and now you find that that's much easier? Well, you run events and you're online, actively online. Mm -hmm. So that's shifted. Yeah. And I just had to force myself to like go in it. So whenever I'm afraid of something, I go, right, that's what I need to step yeah. in. <laughs> videos are really hard. So I'm going to make videos today for 30 days or whatever it is that's going to force me into the arena and show the fuck up. Yeah, absolutely. It's that fear. It's like the feeling, the fear, and I'm the same. If there's anything that scares me, I'm like, boom, I'm in there. Like, that's what I get to do. Um, because you know like the growth and the expansion on the other side of that is huge huge and 
and you know my impact was or you saw it extreme leadership where I had a massive fear of public speaking Mm. I knew that in order to get my charity chosen for that workshop Mm-hmm. I had to get up and speak in front of people and that resulted in them receiving $55,000 or around that yeah. of money, you know? So it was like, and that was terrifying standing up in front of a hundred and however many people for like on day one and just grabbing that mic. But I knew I had to be the first one. I had to speak from my heart and it was just amazing. And since then I'm just like, boom, come at me, <laughs> you know, and right. always yeah. feel that's that much scarier before we actually do them. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing, like once you do it, if, uh, once you've proven to yourself um, that you can do it, you also see how much gold is on the other side. Right? Yes. Once you're like, oh, I can do that, like you feel so much more confident in, uh, in your abilities and what's possible, and then the sky's the limit after that point. Yeah, absolutely. Something that just dropped in then that I wanted to ask is, so with the new level of self-ownership and a new way of showing up, have you noticed that you attract more hate or haters and comments and stuff? And how do you kind of deal with that? Or how do you like move through that? Yes, I absolutely do. And it, uh, it destroyed me a few years ago. Uh, then I did some work on that and I realized, okay, so if I'm not saying anything worthwhile, then I'm not going to get any hate. So what is, you know, it means that when you're speaking your truth, then you're always going to be more polarizing. Mm-hmm. And so the hate is an indication that you're doing the right thing, that you're in the right place. Um, I thrive on it now. I love the haters. I am <laughs> like so here for it. Uh, pretty much just bring that shit on because yeah. it means I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. So but initially it wasn't like that. So how did you move through that? Like what kind of process did you have to take in order? Was it going in and feeling the pain about what was being said or like what kind of process did you take yourself through in order to be able to get to that place? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't feel that way. Uh, I'm very into self-analysis and journaling and writing down what's coming up for me, what's uh, really what, what's on both sides of this and examining myself to see, okay, um, how does this sit with me? Am I in the wrong on this thing? Like even because sometimes you might be, right? I don't want to be that person that's sitting up here on my high horse either and going, well, you know, the haters just mean I'm doing something right. So, you know, at the same time, yes, I get to look at myself and just check in and make sure that that was... Uh, an integrity for me and an alignment for me, right? Um, pretty much it always is. And, but at the same time, I'm never going to stop doing that. So it's really important to me to, you know, it's why I'm very, um, why journaling is such an important practice for me and something that I do every single day, just to look deeply at every part of my life, what's coming up for me, what I'm wanting to create, what I'm wanting to manifest. Do you have kind of specific prompts that you take yourself through with your journaling to kind of open up? Because I know there's a, I've spoken to a lot of people who are like, I want to journal, but I don't really know what to journal about. Like, what do I do? Or is it literally just this experience has happened? I'm just going to write about it and see what comes out. Like, what's that kind of look like? Um, Yeah, I have a few different journaling methods that I I work through with all my clients. Um, So, yeah, uh, for me, because I've been doing it for so long, I just sit down and and uh, tap into what it is that I need and where it's going. Um, but for my clients, I have very specific um, methods for them to follow. 
Yeah, okay, beautiful. All right, so for anyone who's watching and listening uh, who are feeling like maybe they're struggling with an eating disorder or they're struggling with um, body confidence, not feeling like they're good enough and just really wanting to do some work and start shifting into that space within themselves where they do feel more love for self, is there like three to five tips that you can give them on how to start and what to kind of where to begin with that to be able to start that process? Yeah, so with, I mean, with the whole uh, the body thing and the eating disorder thing is recognizing that it has nothing to do with food mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with even probably your body. That is secondary to the issues that are, that are going on. It's a lot deeper than that. And so it's really looking at where that, where that came from, where that um, arose for you from, you know, generally the childhood uh, there's a lot of trauma around our childhoods and stuff um, comes up from that. So getting into a bit of self-examination and looking at uh, what was around that, what triggered that for you. Um, and then just going really deep into that self-love uh, thing. One of the things that I found really powerful, well, there was two things. Um, one is writing a love letter to yourself, which is really hard and very and writing that and something that's just such a challenge for most people so writing that in a lot of detail and um, making it like you know a couple of pages long um, and really feeling into it even when it's really difficult to write down and the second thing is um, getting in front of the mirror and like because what we do is we stand in front of the mirror and we pull ourselves to pieces, right? We're like, oh, my thighs are so fat or my stomach's not flat or my, you know, I'm getting wrinkles or whatever. And it's, it's easy to do. Even now, after all the work that I've done, it's still, the thoughts can still arise, but it's just how you be with them. And so I'm like, you, you want to, to get in front of that mirror and just go, fuck, yes, I am an amazing human. I am so fucking hot look at this, like there are things, the things that you love about yourself and really be your best cheerleader yeah. and treat yourself like you would to a lover or a small child. Mm. Because we often speak to ourselves like the most hated person on the planet, right? When we're able to shift that and talk to ourselves like, how would I talk to my five-year-old daughter? How would I talk to my beautiful husband about how they be and what they look like? Right. And so when you're able to shift that and talk to yourself in that way, that can change so much. I remember that was a huge game changer for me. Like I used to walk past windows and you know how you look at windows and you check yourself out and it would look like, Oh, you're disgusting. And And when I had that kind of practice come in where I started really bringing awareness to the way that I was thinking about myself and the things I was saying to myself, I was like, Holy shit, I wouldn't speak to anyone the way I speak to myself. It was really confronting but really beautiful at the same time because when you shift even that like something as simple as that just having the awareness and choosing something different in regards to the way you speak to yourself has a huge impact you know the thoughts create the feelings right and then the energy that we're putting out and it affects the interactions that we have with other people and everything shifted it was really beautiful so you've got Ignite Your Fire. Now, is that kind of around this kind of stuff? It's to helping women to really own themselves and step into a new kind of level of self, to up-level? Is that what Ignite Your Fire is about? Yes, absolutely. So there's the, obviously the workshop, which is in a, 
um, a three-hour format, which is, you know, a deep dive in-person work. And then I do a three-month mastermind, which covers obviously that work. And then we expand into um, a lot of stuff around money mindset, something I love to teach on. And it's really important for almost everybody. Yes. Um, and then there are other different aspects. We go into how to rapidly manifest and shift your mindset um, using journaling practices. And what um, are some things that you've manifested? Mm, this house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with amazing views in Auckland and the decorating, like, oh, I'm so in love with your decor. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. So uh, early last year, I got my journal out. I was like, hmm. Um, this house that I'm, we were living in is not my, it's just not like where I want to be anymore. And so I got really clear on what it was that I did want in the property. And I was like, I want it to be, I want it to um, have high ceilings and have really beautiful energy and like be open, open plan and have an amazing view. And I want it to have an island kitchen and I want it to have a bath and I want it to have like a really good garage space because my husband's really into cars. Um, and so I got very specific on all of the details that were really important to me. I didn't worry too much about like, you know, every single detail, just the ones that mattered. And I was also wanted it to be very central and to be able to walk everywhere. Um, and within five days, we'd signed an, an agreement on this property. Five <laughs> days. And we weren't even looking. <laughs> That's crazy. Five days. Yeah, in five days. Uh, and we got, you know, we all the terms, you know, there was a lot of stuff that went down in that uh, period of time to make it happen. I'm not saying that to make it happen was easy because this place was nearly $2 million and I had to make shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> shit to make it happen. But at the same time, um, I'm, it's just for me, it's like when I decide on um, something is going to happen, I know that it always will. Mm. I'm committed to it no matter what. So, and that belief, that self-belief is what, like, is that what makes manifestation, like, happen so quickly? I think there's a lot of people out there, and I have myself, you know, in that I want this, but there's all that little bit of doubt in the back of the mind going, well, oh, but you can't really have that, you know. So it's really the self-belief is an integral part of manifestation or the belief about it. 100%. So it's, it's, first of all, it's getting super clear on what you want because a lot yeah. of people are scared to even get that clarity on what they want. And also to, to separate from what you want from the wishes and the mate, like, you know, like, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. I'd love to take a holiday, blah, blah, blah. But it's, you know, but that's bullshit because you don't really want that. Yeah. <laughs> about it right you like when it comes down to the wire you are not committed to making that fucking happen you're not going to um you know stop having brunch every sunday and put that money aside or whatever it's going to take to um put that into action so a lot of people are, are really good at talking but not so good at just going all in and you know, doing the hard part. And I love what you said there about the brunch it's like people are like oh i want this but i can't afford it yet there are doing brunches or they're out going drinking or spending their money on frivolous shit. That's not actually getting them any closer to what it is that they desire. It's that whole instant gratification, you know, and not necessarily the long term, like thinking, looking at it in the long term. It's like sometimes you have to hone it in to get where you want to go. Right. Exactly. And what that comes down to is priorities. Yeah. So very clearly what your priorities are by, um, what I get everybody to do is print off three months of bank statements and look at where your 
money is actually you're spending. what you're investing. <laughs> like I like to shift that word from spending to invest. Okay. Like what are you actually investing in? Because mm -hmm. that will show you your priorities in life. You mm -hmm. know, and it's exactly what you said. It's like you know the people that say I can't afford it. Well, they're That's the ones that just the ones that are not prioritizing it or. Yeah not being conscious of what their money is actually up to. Yeah, so true. And I'm guilty of that. I'm so unconscious and we spend so much on takeout because I just can't be fought cooking. You know, it was like, but we want to go on holiday and we want to do these things. And it's like priorities, Nick, what's the priority? Is the priority the holiday or is the priority laziness because you don't feel like cooking? It's like, mm. oh yeah, shit. So thank you for that reminder. I'm going to do that, print off my bank statements and have a look. Might be a little kick up the ass that I need. <laughs> Amazing. So, and you've got a book as well, right? Yeah, I have two books. Um, I've got The Hustle Life and Life on Your Turns. And then there is a third one uh, called The Queen's Guide to Having It All coming out later this year. Oh, exciting. Amazing. I love that title, The Queen's Guide to Having It All. Awesome. So when's your next Ignite Your Fire? For anyone who's kind of watching this and going, fuck yeah, I want to hone in on my self-belief and my confidence and owning all of myself and money mindset and manifestation. Like when's your next course and how can people get in touch with you? Yeah. So the next course will be out. Uh, I'll be launching that in three weeks. Amazing. And contact me through Instagram, Facebook or my website, which is cinebaholt.com. Awesome. So I'll drop all the information. Is that, so it's starting in three weeks or it's open for application in three weeks? Um, it'll be starting in about three weeks. Okay, cool. Yeah beautiful awesome well, all your details will be below for anyone who would like to jump on and connect with this divine woman um is there anything else like that you would want to share with the viewers listeners just as a little final hurrah and then nail home mm. the one thing i always like to leave people with is there is no growth in a comfort zone and mm -hmm. that really encapsulates everything that we've spoken about on this podcast and that you really have to get in the fire and get uncomfortable to to achieve the life that you really want because if you do what is easy your life will be hard but if you do what is hard your life will be easy oh yes i love that i've never heard that before and it's so true though do the harder things that'll create the ease mm. yeah beautiful awesome <sighs> all right my love thank you so much for joining us on here and as i said anyone who's wanting to connect with this divine woman then all the information will be in the description show notes and yeah thank you so much for investing your time with us today because I know it's incredibly valuable for both of us and yeah I just really appreciate the way that you show up and who you be in this world thank you Nikki such a pleasure to be on with you thanks for listening goddess I hope you enjoyed this episode and if so please feel free to leave me a comment or review also for more love vibes and daily inspiration come and join me on Instagram at Nikki Syme. I'm sending you so much love and I will talk to you soon.